if you're not living a life that feels like authentic to you and the way you want to live that, I mean, that has nothing to do with weight loss. It is just, how do you want to live? How do you want to feel? How do you want to show up in the world every day? What is up? Welcome back to another episode of the Healthy Happy Human Podcast. Today, I have a very special guest with me. Her name is Amanda Valentine. Amanda is an award-winning radio personality, and she hosts an awesome podcast called Pound This. Amanda has also had an amazing weight loss fitness transformation journey. She is a health coach, a fitness coach, and a nutrition coach. She's lost over 100 pounds herself, and she's on a mission to offer helpful real-life tips and tricks to help people find a new path forward towards a healthier, happier life. So <laughs> clearly, you can see why we align so much and why I wanted to have Amanda on. Um, also, check out Amanda's podcast. I'm going to have her in the show notes, and I am a guest on her podcast as well. So check out that episode. I know you guys are going to love this podcast. Please reach out to me or Amanda with questions or comments or DMs. Take a screenshot of this. Share it on your social media so we know that you guys are getting value of it. And without any further ado, check out this awesome episode with my friend, Amanda Valentine. All right, Amanda, Amanda. So here's my first question. Losing a hundred pounds is a crazy amount of weight to lose. A lot of people would think that that is even impossible. So I want to know for someone who's gone through such a drastic transformation, what is one thing about changing in that way that you thought would be really hard, but ended up being actually easy? And then what's one thing that you thought was going to be really easy, but ended up being actually extremely hard? Oh God, what a good question. Um, I'd say the thing that I thought was going to be oh, hard that ended up being easy. <laughs> yeah, I've never been asked that question before <laughs> of dang. I don't know. I, I don't know if really any of it is really super easier <laughs> well, that I was like, <laughs> like, man, this is just, uh, coming to me, I guess just the, the, co the compounding, I, the ways that I've looked at it before, because I yo-yo dieted for such a long time and I, and I dealt with obesity for like my, uh, most my entire life. If I guess doing all these crash diets and doing, you know, super low calories and following strict plans and stuff like that, that when things started finally working for me, I kind of started with the mantra of make the best decision possible in every moment. And I think looking at things from moment to moment, rather than I have this huge goal of a hundred pounds to lose, I felt like that actually was easier than I thought it would be because it always felt like such a struggle and so hard. And that's where it'd be like, I would lose weight and gain it back. And I'm like, why is this happening? I, I don't get it because I was so focused on being smaller or focused on, I want to be this pant size or this number on the scale and these like bigger goals rather than just like, Hey, let's focus on the next time I eat. And mm -hmm. how can I move today and taking things like these little tiny micro steps at a time. So I think that that just ended up being easier because it's just easier on my brain and less anxiety mm -hmm. to take things like one small, tiny step or one bite at a time mm -hmm. rather than um, thinking of these, like thinking these huge broad strokes mm -hmm. and thinking of lose, having to lose over a hundred pounds is paralyzing, but thinking of like, well, I can just drink one more glass of water with lunch is, is easy. Right. Um, so I'd say that ended up being easier. The things, I mean, everything <laughs> I guess is kind of, uh, of harder not to like discourage anybody or anything like that. But I, I guess the things that one of the things that's hardest, at least, you know, in my experience of thinking, 
you know, I've been obese or dealing with that since uh, as long as I can remember, like around six years old, I know I was wearing like adult sizes and uh, I just always thought for so long, oh, well, you know, if I lose weight and I, I'm in this uh, body that feels more like me or where I want to be, more of my problems will be solved. I'm not going to have these body image issues or these, these confidence issues. Like, man, if I just look like blank or I am in this size gene or whatever, oh God, life would be so easy. And then it's like, you get there and it's like, no, you still have to deal with a lot of the same problems in different ways. If you didn't unwind some of the issues around, like for me, like binge eating or, um, you know, my self-love and my confidence and my body image of you're still just going to be a ball, a smaller size dealing with all of that crap in your head. So it's like, no, it doesn't solve all problems. It's still forever a process and constantly growing and working on yourself. And I think that, um, it is harder or a hard realization mm-hmm. when you just kind of think that that's the solution when it's a solution, solution to some things, but it's not a solution to all things. Um, so I think the process is always hard because you're always pushing yourself and growing in some sort of way. Right. I love that. Um, <laughs> everything that you just said, I, I want to talk more about one, exactly what you just ended there with it. That it's hard no matter what, right? So like, these questions are kind of like loaded questions because I already know it's, there's no easy part about, you know, losing a hundred pounds or changing your life in general. And yeah. the reason I love talking about this kind of type of stuff and anyone who, you know, of my listeners will know that I say this a lot is that this is an analogy for life. Everything that you just said, take out weight loss and put in entrepreneurship, take Mm -hmm. out weight loss and put in relationships, whatever the thing that you want to change is it's change is change is change. And, you know, when you think about what you just said in the beginning, where like, if I think about that huge lofty goal, it becomes almost overwhelming and breaking it into smaller steps, even though it seems counter counterintuitive to a point where it's like, it's like, well, I have a hundred pounds to lose. What difference could one glass of water make? What difference could one salad make or something like that? And it doesn't, if you look at that thing in and of itself, but when you look at the entire picture, there's a, a saying that I love, which is, you know, how do you eat an elephant you know, one bite at a time, right? Because yeah. if you're looking at the whole thing, it would be impossible. But if you look at these individual steps, that makes it much more uh, manageable and actually doable. And then you actually are able to stay consistent with it the whole time. So that kind of leads me right into my next question, which is, and you alluded to this already, but my, my question is always about mindset, right? I'm huge on mindset. The Healthy, happy human podcast is, you know, health, happiness, but all of it comes down to the mindset. I, I say a lot to my clients that mindset is the key that unlocks the gate of change, right? It's the first step in everything. So my question to you is like, what is the mindset that it takes to make a huge life change like that? Because losing weight, any type of weight is not as serious. Losing a hundred pounds is not just about changing what you eat. You're changing your entire life at that point. So what was the, what do you think are some of the key shifts that you had that allowed you to do that? I think, um, one of the major ones, and this is something that, that I talk to, to clients and stuff all the, all the time about too, is to one, just tell yourself that you can, I think that mm-hmm. I've been guilty of, and so many of us are guilty of like, well, I can't do that. I'm not that kind of person that's too hard. And it's like, well, if you've already started by telling yourself that you can't, um, then you've set yourself up for failure. Mm-hmm. So I think that the mindset is, it's like, no, I can do this and mm-hmm. I believe I can do it. And I can do this to the best of my abilities, whatever that means. It might not 
come at the, at the end point might not be this exact vision I have in my head, but it's going to be somewhere where I want to be. If that's, you know, the mindset I put in there of like, yeah, of I want to be able to do this. And of course, nothing is ever on a perfect timeline or, you know, goes as fast as you want it to be. And I think accepting that and having the mindset of being like, you know what, I, I'm making whatever changes are, are needed for whatever your goal is, is possible. That's just one step forward and eventually just trusting, like eventually I'll get there. And also to have the mindset of try to enjoy the process and the mm-hmm. journey along the way and not just think that this end goal is when happiness comes like the happiness Mm -hmm. comes through enjoying the process of the journey all the good and the bad and that's where you're learning all the lessons if you just got fast forwarded to the end result you wouldn't appreciate it like you do for how much hard work and thought and the actual process of change you're going through to get to that goal so i think that yeah the mindset of just understanding patience and practice and enjoying the journey and telling yourself that you absolutely can do anything you set your mind to, um, I think is makes the biggest difference. For sure. 100%. I agree. I actually have an entire podcast episode on, uh, enjoying the process. And, and you know, it's the, it's the journey, not the destination. So I have an episode about that. If anyone wants to hear, you can scroll back. I don't remember what episode number it is, but um, I definitely agree with that. But now again, I did a whole podcast on that and I post about this a lot on my social media. And I actually got a message from a, one of my followers when I posted about this. I'm like, well, the whole thing, well, you got to enjoy, enjoy the process. It's not about the destination and you know, blah, 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 all this stuff that you're saying. And he said, well, what if I don't enjoy the process? Like, what if I don't enjoy working out? What if I don't enjoy eating healthy, but I still want to get fit? So what do you say to someone like that? I would say, find something you enjoy. Like you're, if you think, if you're thinking of this external picture or societal picture of what that journey looks like, like I have to go to a gym to exercise. Then I think that you're, yeah, you're not going to enjoy the journey. You're telling yourself something that doesn't fit for you. And that particular example worked for me. I mean, I work at a gym now I'm a personal Mm -hmm. trainer and talk about change. I completely Mm -hmm. did a whole career flip to work in health and fitness after going through my, my wellness journey. Mm -hmm. But it's like, I avoided exercise at all costs. I avoided gyms at all costs for most of my life. And the key that I found to you know, losing weight and exercise I enjoyed was just walking. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you, you see these Instagram pictures and everything of everybody's like in the gym and you're crushing it, or you're doing boot camp classes and all of this stuff. And you think that's what the journey is to exercise, but it's like, that wasn't for me, but I really liked putting in headphones and listening to a podcast and going for a casual walk. I didn't have to go speed walking. It didn't have to be these things. It's that's what I like. And that's what I like. And I think as far as like healthy food and all that goes too. of like, if you tell yourself, well, I have to eat broccoli because that's what healthy living is. And it sucks of like, ultimately you're going to quit because it's not something you enjoy. So finding those healthier foods or things that, you know, are more nutritionally dense or will serve your journey that you actually enjoy. And I think there's just a ton of experimentation with that too, which again, comes back to the patient's role. And that's key of like knowing that you're going to have to try things and things are going to shift and change. And you might love, you know, uh, oatmeal for breakfast for like six months. And then after that or whatever, oatmeal makes you want to puke. And you're just going to have to like change it up and shift it up. And you're going to have to constantly be in flux and be willing to pivot to new things and try different things in order to keep the journey going and finding what brings you joy and pleasure in the process and not get in your head. Again, these like strict rules of like, 
you know, or like even just think of like what meditation has to look like meditation. Mm -hmm. If you don't can't sit on a pillow and zone out Mm -hmm. and you're just like, well, I suck at meditation. Well, well, there's plenty of different ways that you could meditate as a person that don't necessarily mean that, but it doesn't mean you should just give up on meditation because this one specific way that is, you know, kind of shown to us what meditation is means that it, you can't find a process that fits for you. And I think that we, myself included, kind of get swept up into these ideas versus really kind of tuning in to yourself and and what works for you specifically. For sure. 100%. I love that. I love you talk about walking because it kind of goes right back to your first point where you literally talked about micro steps and walking is literally the epitome of that, right? Is what is the smallest possible thing that I can do to actually make a change and walking is it. That's literally where I start every client who wants weight loss is just like, use a step counter. You have it on your phone. Every person has a step counter now that they carry with them at all time. So let's just use that. Let's go for a walk. Like you said, listen to a podcast. I literally go to the gym and walk on the treadmill and read. So I don't run because I wouldn't fall on my face, but I walk at like a (laughs) 1.5 speed and I just read a book. So I get 30 minutes of walking and 30 minutes of reading in. And because of that, I read 30 more books a year because I'm doing that five times a week. And it just like ends up being super cool. But it's like you said, it doesn't have to be anything revolutionary. And I think this is a big point. And I make this point a lot in this, in this show. And this is again, why this is the healthy, happy human podcast. This is not the super jacked podcast or the (laughs) fitness and whatever podcast It's just healthy and happy because to do that, we have to break out of these boxes of what we think this, these things should look like. I, I've, I've had entire podcasts on the word should before, right? People think it's, it's supposed to, well, if I, I know if I'm supposed to work out, I, I'm supposed to work out in the gym five days a week, or I'm supposed to eat a certain way, but the should keeps us trapped because we're trying to fit ourselves into a box that we don't fit into, right? Yeah. Like you just said, so I can see behind you, you guys listening can't, um, can't see, but behind Amanda, she has a ton of medals and banners and stuff from, from marathon. So, you know, you can, I can see that and see that you were, at least if you're not running anymore, one time, a big runner, but someone could look at that and be like, well, I know I'm supposed to be lifting and like running's bad for you because like people it's bad for your joints or something like that. But clearly you had some passion for running at some time. So I guess my question is what was the thing that made you go that way towards running? And did you feel at that time that you're like, oh, like I'm missing out on something else. And what did you have that kind of uh, like internal battle of like, okay, what, like I see what the influencers are telling me I'm supposed to be doing hit, or I'm supposed to be doing Barry's boot camp, or I'm supposed to be doing this, but I like to run. And like, this is my choice. Well, and actually it's funny because a lot of these race medals are from walking. (laughs) Um, that's the thing too. I mean, I like walking, like I am Halloween weekend. I'm walking a half marathon. So, um, I've done a lot of running, but I still, I mean, I just really love walking and my knees aren't really conducive to running anymore. Mm -hmm. So I think that's um, important uh, just to start off this conversation or that my answer by saying, even when you think of like a race, like you don't have to mm-hmm. think of running it. You can walk. I love walking races. Now you can read all the signs. I can yeah. pet all the dogs. <laughs> I can just walk and just drink a coffee. Like sometimes right. the cop car is right behind me and I'm the last person. I don't care. Like right. it's, I, I, I find it enjoyable. And then plus I still get the bling on the wall afterwards. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I still get like my free hot dog. <laughs> I love that. I love, I love that. I just asked that. I love that point that you can walk, you can walk the race. And like you said, you can be dead last and you still finished. And that's, that's yeah. the thing. Yeah, exactly. And it's still like, you can still enjoy those events. It, it's funny because um, I'm in Cincinnati and I, I'm an ambassador for the flying pig, which is a, a really huge race here every year. And part of my role as ambassador and encourage people of like, 
because you're not a runner doesn't mean this isn't for you. Like mm-hmm. you can come walk. Like, why don't we, we have this idea that I'm only allowed to do this thing. And I've talked to so many runners that will start the conversation by saying, well, I run intervals, like as if that doesn't count that they mm-hmm. don't fully run the whole thing that they walk mm-hmm. part of it. I'm like, you're, you're running intervals for either a full or half marathon. Are you bonkers? Like that? You're yeah. that's insane. Like, why are you discrediting yourself? I mean, you're out there moving like walking, a 5k walking three miles is not something that most people do all the time. So I think that giving yourself credit for stuff like that, but for me, my, my transition into running was, um, and even when I was running, I I still, I mean, I still walk so much. I just love walking and I love hiking. Um, so at the time I was living in Denver when I I started, um, my weight loss journey, uh, where I am now, um, almost a decade ago. And I just loved walking around my neighborhood. And once like the weight started coming off and I was feeling really good, I was like, I just feel like I could do something more because I wasn't going to a gym and I didn't want to have a gym membership at that time. So I listened to a couch to 5k podcast Mm -hmm. and was running intervals. And to me, I was like, even as a kid, I had never, you know, I had to do the presidential fitness challenge and all that stuff because I'm old and I um, could never run a mile. Like I just. I mean, I literally all through high school tech took extra band classes. So I would never have to step foot in the gym. And so I, I'm like, man, wouldn't it be cool if I could just like run a mile and I did couch to 5k. And the moment that I ran a mile without stopping, I was 30 years old and I stopped and I just cried in the middle of the road. I'm like, I, it took me to 30 to be able to run a whole mile without stopping. And like that point for me, it was just like, well, what else can I do that I didn't think I could do? And that's where kind of more running came in. Cause then I'm like, well, maybe I should really train for a 5k. And so I did. And then I I ran my first 5k and then it was like, I wonder if I could do a 10k. And so then I ran a 10k and then there happened to be a charity, um, component to, um, running my first half marathon for St. Jude. And so I was like, well, if I could raise so much money, I could be flown to Nashville. I was living in Oregon at the time to run this half marathon um, for St. Jude for, for raising money for St. Jude. And I'm like, well, that gives me a good excuse to like, let's see if I can run a half marathon. And I did, I raised thousands of dollars and I went and ran my first half marathon, um, which was brutal, painful. I, at the time I'd never been to Nashville and I didn't realize it was hilly and I didn't look at the elevation map beforehand. I just assumed it was flat. And that was a very wrong assumption. And that race sucked. <laughs> like I was very proud of myself afterwards, but I didn't enjoy it. <laughs> and so from there, like running and, and, and I was still walking a ton, I was hiking. And so running was just kind of like something that I did enjoy because I was just active. I like running outside. I hate running on a treadmill. It was just kind of another progression from walking. Um, And even when I would get done with like a run, I would still just walk afterwards. So that's kind of my relationship with that. And then my knees just kind of got just janky. And then they're like, yeah, you probably shouldn't run anymore. And that's fine. And I got, um, it gave me a good excuse to switch focus into strength training, which I really, really enjoy and which, what I'm into now. So again, it's just one of those sort of things that just kinds of transitions and, and changes and, um, it was really great for a period of my life and, uh, that it, and I'm not really sad that that's gone because I can still go for walks, which I I've always preferred anyway. <laughs> I love that. I love that. Um, and there's so many, again, so every time you're, you're talking, there's, I'm just really taking so many notes and there's so many things that I want to just talk about. And one is, I love what you just said about, um, about your role, uh, in that, in that race by you, because 
like you just said, like, this is for everyone, right? Like, it's like, people think like, oh, I can't run a 5k. So I can't do a 5k, but that's not the case, right? This is for everyone. You can walk. There's no rule that you have to finish it fast. And that's honestly not the point. And I, I love that because I say this about fitness all the time. It's like, this is for everyone. This is not people like, well, I'm not, I'm not a gym person or I'm not a, I'm not a fitness person. It's like that. You don't get to say that the human body is the human body and the human body wants to move. It doesn't want to run. It doesn't want to lift weights. It wants to move. So whatever way that you can get that movement is movement in is beneficial. And, and that's why I love these low barrier to entry things like walking, like going for a walk is the perfect example. And it's, it's just, as you said, with meditation, right. People will say, cause I used to, I used to say this, I do say this a lot and I catch myself saying, it. I'm like, I'm not supposed to say that, but I would say I suck at meditation because when I try to meditate, I don't do that well at it. But that's me thinking that meditation looks a certain way, which is sitting cross-legged on my floor and humming and, and silencing my mind. But then if I think about that, there's walking meditation and there's other types of meditation. There's body scan meditations and other things that I can do. It's like, I, it opens me up for more success. And the other point that you made that I really loved is that you said, after you ran that first mile at the age of 31, actually, I like that you're talking about how hard it was for you. Cause I always like to highlight people's struggles when I have them on here, because I have a lot of fitness professionals and a lot of people who have done amazing things and a lot of, you know, high achievers. And I always want to highlight that. Like no one started off like this. You were again, obese, like you just said, from six years old to, you know, your twenties or thirties even, and, and, and struggling with this for a long time. So it's not like, Oh, well that's Amanda. It's so easy for her. Like this is hard for you and you managed to do it. And that thing that you said was once I ran a mile, I thought, what else can I do? And I think that that's very inspiring. And that's why I, I love, again, that analogy of fitness for life, because it's not about like, oh, I ran the mile. It's about, I proved to myself that I can do something that's very hard. So my, my thing with that, my question is like, when you have that mindset of like, oh, like I just saw that I thought it was impossible to run a mile. And then I just ran a mile. So like, what else is it possible? Did that, did you find that affecting you in other areas of your life outside of just fitness? Oh, definitely. Um, I mean, just changing my mindset and living a healthier lifestyle affected air, every area of my life. I mean, the best years of my career came after that or during that, because it was, I don't know. It was just a lot more like confidence of coming from like keeping promises to myself mm -hmm. and proving to myself that I, I could do some hard things that I had told mm -hmm. myself for years that I couldn't do. And so that kind of, yeah, it just turned into, to everything of, well, I always thought that I'm quote unquote, not the type of person that does this or, or I can't do this or, or whatever. And I'm like, but I've already proven to myself for some other really hard things that I can. So why not go for it? So I think that that kind of just bleeds into every area of your life. Um, because again, it's not like a number on a scale. It's, mm -hmm. it's proof again, like, I think it's super important to kind of keep promises to yourself and prove to yourself of like, I can, I can do hard things. And, and as long as I put my mind to it and understand that it's going to be work and it is a process, and it's not just going to be handed to me easily that that can translate into any goal that you have. Right. A thousand percent, a thousand percent. That's, that's life in, 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 a, in a nutshell. And it's funny. I, you guys listening can't see this, but I'm like smiling super hard because it's literally like you're speaking my language. I say all of these things all the time, like specifically <laughs> again, keeping promises to yourself that that's, that's the whole thing. So when I say I go to the gym five times per week, it's not because there's a magic thing about five times per week. There's no different if I went four times or three times or six times. But the point is that 
I made a commitment to myself and the type of person that I want to be is the type of person who is honest to himself. So I don't want to do, Hey, I'm going to wake up at five o'clock in the morning. And then five o'clock in the morning comes and I snooze my alarm and I wake up at 6am because if I wouldn't want to do that, I would just wake up at 6am. My mm-hmm. whole point is if I say I'm going to do something, I do that thing. Right. And because honesty is one of the values that I hold dearest to others, but also to myself, because that is what I think is the worst thing is that, is that when people lie to themselves mm-hmm. and they go things like, Oh yeah, like I want to, I want to go to the gym, but then don't go to the gym. Well, then clearly you didn't want it that bad. And it'd be better if you just said, I don't really want to go to the gym or I would like to go to the gym, but it's not my priority right now. And the way we phrase these things, the way we talk to ourselves matters, because when you keep those promises, you just use the word confidence. It builds that confidence in yourself. And that fact that you can do these hard things over and over and over. And that builds that mental resilience that allows you to create, you know, these changes. So the next question that I have for you that kind of leads right off of this you know, building your confidence, making the decision to keep the promises to yourself. One of your Instagram posts, you wrote something along the lines of, you know, like happiness is a choice. Optimism, optimism is a choice. Attitude is a choice, right? So what do you say though, to someone who, who reads that and says, well, like Amanda, like clearly I want to be happy and I choose to be happy if I could, but like when I try, it doesn't work. It's not that easy. So like you're, I can't just choose to do these things. It doesn't work like that. Oh man, then I would say maybe reach out for some help or, you know, to somebody to kind of bounce that, that thought off of, of whether that's, mm. um, a friend, a coworker, a coach, a therapist, or, or something, if you find yourself so stuck that you can't get out of that mindset or find that somewhere, then, you know, maybe reach out and, and find somebody that can give you some words of wisdom that spark something in your head that do that or find somebody to try to do that with. Um, I think that the power of, you know, community and connection and, um, you know, as a partner in crime through all of this is super important. And I have found so much of that um, just doing my own podcast and talking to so many people and finding people along the way that. I'm like, here's areas of my life that I'm super stuck in. And wow, this person speaks to me on this level and I'm going to investigate further and, and ask questions and not instead of just kind of be stuck in my own space again of like, oh, I suck at this and I can't find it of like, well, if I really want it, then again, it, it comes back to the work. And if you can't figure out how to do the work by yourself, find people that have done that work and, and start doing some investigation. Right. I love that. I I like that answer of like, just to kind of bounce that back to them and and just mirror it back and be like, you know, why can't you, you know, that, that in itself is a decision, right? When you're saying like, I can't, you know, like, oh, well, it's not that easy. Like I can't just decide to do that, but you decided that, you know, that's kind of like this paradoxical thing. Um, I I think that was really interesting. And I, I clearly, I know that you um, studied through precision nutrition, which I talk about precision nutrition a lot on here. Cause I love them. And they're the ones who introduced me to the concept of motivational interviewing and motivational interviewing is uh, operates under the key theory that every person knows themselves best and that we all truly have the answers inside of us. Most people know and their heart of hearts, what they should be doing. Right. Most people know that they're like, okay, like I, I need to be exercising. I want to be eating healthier. I want to not smoke cigarettes. If we're not doing that thing, if we're not acting in congruence with that inner feeling, then I do think that 
exactly like you said, you know, having a coach, having someone there, having someone on the side of you and, and building that community. So what do you do? You know, I know you just said you have people on the podcast or something like that, but like, do you have like a, a community? Do you have, I mean, do you, do you work with coaches? Do you have a therapist? Is there anything that you do when you're struggling where you have like a, a team or a support system to reach out to? Definitely. Um, I do have a therapist and I, I do have a coach, um, and who I I've met through, through my podcast and uh, yeah. And I have a team of people that I work with. I mean, I work at, at a gym now of the very talented personal trainers that are very good at what they do. And yeah, lots of people to just like bounce feelings and thoughts off of. And I would say that's a, a good deal of work is one self-awareness to mm-hmm. understand where you are struggling. And then also to just know that there's so much power and vulnerability. Um, and I would also recommend like listening to or reading some Brene Brown, mm-hmm. uh, thinking about, you know, just shame you have around things or shame we have about asking for help. And can you widen that circle or find your circle of people if you can just kind of let go of the shame and be vulnerable a little bit more to be like, I, I am struggling. And hey, none of us are perfect, even though we would like to act like we are on social media. But I think that you will find kind of, you know, your tribe or whatever, or find that circle within you when you're just kind of being very open of like, I need help in this area. I'm struggling in this area and really kind of, you know, if you don't have that circle of people of reaching out to people that you do hear on a podcast or you read a book from, or you follow online or, you know, just asking your group of people in your circle of like, Hey, I'm struggling through this. Have you ever dealt with this before? Can you have any recommendations through that? And I think that just kind of um, being open and transparent and kind of letting go of some of the shame wrapped around asking questions, I think is, is incredibly helpful to, um, your circle you have now or finding a new one. Yeah, 100%. And again, I asked these questions for the same reason I talked about, you know, why I like to highlight the struggles that you've had because you are a coach, you're a fitness coach, you're a nutrition coach, and you clearly have a solid grasp on, these things on, on mental health, on, on behavior change and all this stuff. And yet here you are saying, I still work with a therapist. I still have my own coach. I'm a fitness coach and I work with personal trainers and I'm the same way. I have a fitness coach. I have a mindset coach. I have a business coach. And I always, I, I literally just released a podcast. So anyone listening to this, you can scroll back on do, should I hire a coach? Right. And, th- and this is my thing. And people, I feel like people think that because I'm a coach that I'm like, you know, promoting this because like, oh, this is what I do. I want people to hire me. It's like, this has nothing to do with that. I just wholeheartedly believe in building that community. And the thing is that we don't have that anymore. Humans are communal beings. We came up, we evolved to lean on support systems, right? A a thousand years ago, no person could survive alone. It took the tribe, the, the village to survive. Now we live in a world where if I never want to talk to anyone, I can Uber eats a Big Mac to my mouth and a drone will fly it to me. I never have to speak to another human, but that's not what we were designed to do. And we need outside eyes. We need outside help. You, you, you were, when we are too close to something, we, we can't see the full picture and there's nothing that we're closer to than ourselves. So having someone outside of ourselves to, to take a step back and be like, Hey, did you think about this? Did you, Oh, I see that you're struggling here. Have you ever seen the connection of Every time you're struggling here, you're also having this type of day. Every time you're struggling in the gym, it's also when you have a super stressful day at work or something like that. And to have that person outside of you, uh, I think is an extremely powerful thing. So I just appreciate you being open and honest about 
having that community about again, going to a therapist about having a coach, because it's easy for people to say like, well, like I'll just do it on my own because you know, it's, it's easier on my own, but it's not, it, it's, it's really not easier on your own. And to have that, I love Brene Brown, by the way, just as soon as you say that I smile and I love that again, that we have these shame around us. Like we think we're supposed to, it's like, well, like I'm less than if I need help, but that that's not the case at all. We are not made to do these things on our own. You're most people, anyone listening to this is not an expert in health and nutrition. Amanda is right. So it, it makes sense to go to someone who's an expert to get that expertise so that you're able to feel confident in what you're doing. Right. I talk about this in that, in that whole podcast where it's like, if I'm doing something and I'm not confident that I'm doing the right thing, it becomes very hard to keep going. Right. If I'm, if I'm just running and I don't know where I'm going to, it's like, well, why would I keep running? But if I know that I'm, I'm on the right path and I'm going to the right direction, then that's something that keeps me motivated moving forward, you know? Yeah. I would also say there's, there's a line there too, of when a, a dangerous line where there's people that are like, that are say, do say, I have all the answers and I can figure all this out of like, you know, of like really, because I don't feel like any human could possibly right. do that to also be like, well, mm, I, <laughs> I don't know of like, if you can't admit that you're have your own struggles and you're going through something and somebody's telling you they got it all figured out. I would take that as a, as a warning flag of like, uh, you know, I, I don't know if that's, that's true or not. So I, I find it important to not only, you know, for me, but the coaches and the people that I have in my life to also be like, no, I, I fail a bunch and here's right. where I fail. And, and you know, that I feel like that's a, a connection point because we're all just human and we're all just trying to figure this out together and right. not one person has all the right answers to everything. So I would be cautious of that attitude as well, because there's a ton of that online. <laughs> right. For sure. Exactly. And anyone who tells you, anyone who, who proposes to have all the answers, is probably lying. Right. And that's the thing when you're looking for a coach or you're looking for a therapist, right. The be- they say the best therapists are people who go to therapy, right. The best coaches yeah. are people who get coaches because, because we don't have the answers. And that's the whole point everything that I'm saying here, and I I can assume the same for you, everything that we're talking about is stuff that we've learned on our own journeys. I say this a lot. Everything I'm talking about, is not like, oh, I know this better than you. And I'm talking down to me. It's like, I know this shit because I've had to go through it myself. I was not always, uh, you know, waking up early and I was not always reading a hundred books. And I was not always going to the gym six days a week. I used to be drinking all the time. And I used to be sleeping until noon. And I used to be fat and overweight and not eating healthy and just ordering out all the time. And I changed my whole life. So I know what it takes to do that. And that's why I'm so passionate about this stuff because I've seen both sides, right? Yeah. I've seen that life where I'm like, okay, like I'm, I call it the middle of the road where it's just like, like I'm not dying, but I'm also not living. I'm just kind of there and just kind of floating through life. And like, that's what I'm so passionate about helping people with. It's like, you deserve better. Everyone deserves better. But if what's holding you back is not knowing how to get there, then it's, silly to not reach out to someone like you, to someone like a therapist, to someone who can actually help you get there because you're only harming yourself. But then you're actually harming more people than that. Because if you're a mother, if you're a father, if you're an aunt or an uncle, if you're an entrepreneur who has employees, we think we're like, well, like what's the difference if I don't lose 20 pounds? So yeah, until your kid wants to go to the park and you can't run around with them because you're too out of breath until you're not eating well. And because you're not eating well, you have a shitty mood. And then you snap at your employees because they are asked you a question that you're like, you should know the answer to that. And like all of this stuff affects more than us. And to 
spite it's kind of like you're whatever spiting your nose to spite your face whatever that saying is i don't know how i don't know how it goes but you know like your people do yeah i don't know something like that you're spiting yourself but you're actually spiting others because you're like oh well like, i don't want to you know invest in myself i don't want to pay money or i don't want to i don't want to admit that i don't know something but there's no shame in that and i think that getting over that is one extremely challenging but if you can do that and realize that like yeah we can reach outside ourselves and leverage you know it's one of the beautiful things about the internet i'm here talking to you on a video chat we met once at a convention you know a few months ago and like now we're here over the internet you're in cincinnati i'm in new york like you can use that so it's what it's easy to say like oh like i can just do it on my own but to use that to leverage that to not only better your life but better the life of everyone around you i think is an extremely powerful tool and you know, that kind of actually leads me right into, I just have one more question for you before we kind of wrap things up. And that's, I know the two topics that you're extremely passionate about are motivation and self-improvement, right? Mm -hmm. So my question is, why do we need to be motivated to improve? Like, shouldn't it be something that everyone just strives for and inherently wants? So why is it so hard? And why are people always searching for motivation? They're like, oh, I just need to get motivated to go to the gym. Or I just need to get motivated to eat healthy when it's like, Shouldn't I just want to be better? Um, I, well, I think that's, that, I mean, that's, it's hard with, with, we're filled with so much distraction mm -hmm. and things in life is really hard. I mean, especially in the past couple of years, I mean, we're in the middle of a global mm -hmm. pandemic, like life, uh, life ain't too easy right now for mm -hmm. a lot of people. <laughs> and so it's, um, you know, it's, it's thinking about, of like really kind of like tuning in of like, what's the life I want, want to lead, like, and, and who do I want to be and kind of coming from, from that sort of space and, and, you know, not and realizing having the self-realization of because life is hard and doing things like, are you doing things to numb out, whether that's eating or mm. watching too much TV or drinking or whatever those things are is because like, as life gets hard, do we find ways to distract? We find ways to numb. And I'm super guilty of that, um, especially in the past. And I still am. And it's, it's realizing the things that I do and thinking about like, you know, we're finding that motivation is like, you're not always going to be motivated, but if I think if you have a good why and you're tuning into, you know, and also with the past couple of years, the realization of life is incredibly short. Mm -hmm. And if you're going, if you're not living a life that feels like authentic to you and the way you want to live that, I mean, that has nothing to do with weight loss. It is just, how do you want to live? How do you want to feel? How do you want to show up in the world every day? And then coming from that place, when you are tempted to just numb out. It was a hard day. I don't feel like doing this. And then really kind of having that moment of, you know, self-actualization to be like, well, is this moving me towards that person that I ultimately want to be feel the way I ultimately want to feel? And yeah, some days you're going to be like, no, I am totally vegging on the couch and I'm eating mm -hmm. an entire tub of cheese balls mm -hmm. and that's fine. You know what I mean? Like, but you still gave yourself that choice. You still kind of tuned in, asked yourself the question. And I think that's, um, you know, really important because it's like, when we think of motivation, we think of like, oh, well, you got to get your ass in the gym or you got to eat that chicken rice and broccoli. And mm -hmm. it's, it's not the motive. It's just what is your idea in your head of living your best life? And mm -hmm. if you're having that question, that probably means you you're in some sort of flux where you're not feeling that right now. You're not feeling your, you know, what you feel like could be this best version of, of your life and kind of 
unwinding that and being like, well, what are those things that make me feel good physically and mentally? And then using that as your, your motivator and, you know, realizing that, you know, Hey, maybe listening to an affirmations podcast every morning makes me feel freaking awesome. Mm -hmm. And the days that I don't do it, I don't feel as good. And so when there's a morning where you're like, I'm so busy, I don't have time for the, uh, I don't know if I should. And then it's just kind of taking a second and being like, well, you know, do I want to take the time and do this or do, or is it okay to bail today? And then if you decide like, it's okay to bail today, then truly be like, I'm, that was the best decision for me in this moment mm -hmm. and not trash yourself and bully yourself because you didn't do that thing. But then realize, you know, this keeps coming up. Like, do you want to start that pattern? Which pattern do you want to go forward? in? so I, I think that, um, that's the kind of an important kind of mindset and the place to have your brain with towards those sorts of things. Cause I don't know if any human, at least none that I know that just like every day wake up with like mm -hmm. all the motivation in the world to do all of the very best things for them. Mm -hmm. Well, like, or what they even decide is the best for them or what society tells you is the best mm -hmm. for you. It's like, it's all of these little moments of tuning in and, and talking to yourself. And it starts with having a really hard look at yourself and just thinking of, you know, in the terms of like food and stuff of like thinking of like food journaling and being very like brutally honest with yourself of like what you're putting into your body just for that information to have that same sort of kind of journaling with yourself of like tuning in of like, what are the things I'm consuming altogether? What's kind of media am I consuming? What kind of conversations am I consuming? Um, all of these things and taking a really hard look at it and figuring out what needs to go and what needs to stay and what serves you and what doesn't. Yeah, for sure. I love all that. Um, a thousand good points here, right there. Um, and I think anyone listening should rewind at least that last, you know, three minutes or so, but if not the whole episode, but I think that that's a great place to leave this. And the last question that I ask every guest is if you could give all the listeners one actionable, actionable piece of advice, one action step that they can leave leave this podcast right now to start living a healthier, happier life, what would it be? I would say to believe in yourself, mm -hmm. to just feel like, yeah, if there's something that you want, then I think you should go for it. Not, you know, I think of like, I'm going to be an astronaut, <laughs> you know what I mean? But like, and maybe you could, maybe you could find some version of that for yourself. Again, like it doesn't have to be this hard out, but it's just like, believing that if there's something that you want for yourself, that it's attainable to some sort of degree and some sort of level that will bring you joy that I think that it comes from, yeah, believing yourself, which is also loving yourself. Awesome. Believe in yourself and love yourself. I love that a thousand percent. All right. Awesome. And this was an amazing talk. Thank you so much, Amanda. And just for people who want to get in contact with you or learn more about you, just, you want to tell people how they can connect with you more. Um, I, my website is amandavalentinebites.com. Um, you can email me amanda at amandavalentinebites.com. Um, also you can find me uh, mostly on Instagram at you can pound this. And, uh, my, my podcast is called pound this. It's, it's not porn. It's health and fitness. <laughs> All right. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for coming on. Have a great day. Boom. There you go. There you have it, my friends. I hope you enjoyed this episode. I hope you're as fired up as I am after listening to that because I really love this talk. Once again, Amanda is super cool. Go check out her social media. Go check out me on her podcast, The Pound This Podcast. As always, please share this with someone who might enjoy it. 
I'll see you next Wednesday. Stay healthy, stay happy, my friends.